You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for December 27th, 2019. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where vindication is more than just a river in Egypt. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. I see what you did there, Drift Glass. Yeah, you see that? See what I did there? Yeah. Actually, I spent like three minutes on uh, on the Google looking to yeah. see if there was a river named Vindication out there somewhere, and there isn't. I thought, okay. first of all, a river named Vindication is the name of my biography. There you go. That uh, that would make a good novel. Yes, actually, it would. title. Yeah, yes, I got a whole bunch of titles. I just have to write the stories to go with them. So that's the you know, that's what the staff is for. That's what our extensive staff is for. Well, welcome to the end of the year, Blue Gal. Thank you, Drift Glass, and we've got exciting news about uh, an upcoming show. We do. We do. Not, our, to, not to denigrate the current show that you're listening to right now. We're going to have a great show coming up this hour. Just fast forward but... through it. Just fast fast forward straight <laughs> through it. Get to the part where you send us money and, and we're cool. Yeah, it's, and we're it's all good. <laughs> this is not a best of show, well, by that, the way, well, folks. You, In yeah. fact, far from it. Uh, no, this uh, we are about, as a podcast, about to turn 10 years old. We are. Yeah. So uh, I believe it is uh, the 21st of January is our 10 year anniversary, yep. but that's not a Friday. So we'll be doing something before that. I think the 17th is our going to be our anniversary yeah. show. Three weeks. And 10 years. We 10, hope, years. 10 years. Yes, 10 years. we will have been doing this podcast. Uh, I took some notes. We started January 21st, 2010 was the first Drift Glass and Blue Gal podcast. It was. We changed our name to the professional left on August 13th of 2010. We did. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. And Drift Glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, our March 19th, 2010 show, uh-huh. we were talking about Carl Rove. Yes, we were. And if you told me that 10 years from now, you'll still be talking about Carl Rove, it'll still be going on, I think I would have quit. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> so I- I'm glad I don't have, you know... The ability to foresee the future. <laughs> yeah, we were we were sitting around Castle Drift Glass back when there was a Castle Drift Glass in Chicago. That's right. And That's we were right. listening to the to the wireless radio, um, you know, tuning in as we do, trying to get the signal. And then uh, the spokesperson for the Obama uh, White House came on and decided he would speak ill of the group that was criticizing Barack Obama, whom he referred to as the professional left. And yep. we said, oh, this is so perfect. And we decided right then and there that we would be the professional left. And not that we were overly critical of Obama. No. Uh, or that we actually fit into the category that the presidential spokesman was talking about. No. We were never on TV talking about no. anything. But it was such a good name. Yeah. And we were shocked to discover that no one had taken right. it yet i mean that was that was the thing that sort of got me i started looking it up and we were sitting right in the middle of your condo sure. on a futon sure. <laughs> going, oh wait we could actually do this mm-hmm. we could actually make this blog or this podcast the professional left and and so we did so we did and uh the rest is history so uh 
Tell me, though, why we're still talking about Carl Rove this week. Well, this week, I'm I'm in the middle of – it's Christmas week coming up on New Year's yeah. week. And by the way, <laughs> yeah, we spent our Christmas in St. Louis. Uh, we drove some people down to the airport, some young ladies to the airport. Some teenagers, yes. some sullen teens. Some sullen teens. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to deny mm-hmm. it. They were sullen. Although they were, they were generally a pleasure <laughs> to be around. They're, they're, they're yeah. lovely young ladies. Well, their sleep schedule got messed up because they had an early morning flight on Christmas Day to go get spoiled by my aunt in Florida. And, and my wife. For, for a few my days. My wife uh, yeah. located one of the few open restaurants with vegan options in the greater St. Louis area on, that was open on Christmas. And Christmas we had a lovely Eve, yep. dinner. We had a lovely dinner and it was a yeah. generally lovely evening. But it's been a weird kind of week where we're running to and fro and we're, then plus all the regular Christmas stuff that you all do. Plus, you know, the, I still have uh, mom family stuff I'm, I'm working on. So. Missing your mom. Your mom passed away over Thanksgiving-ish uh, and uh, about a month ago. So there's still a lot of estate stuff to do. And, uh, you know, even even someone that passes away without much of an estate, there's always a lot of paperwork. Yeah. And it's And we kids are so, in three different states. So there's just yep. stuff. Um, yeah. And so I'm in the middle of writing a bunch of posts. I haven't posted anything much substantive, which bothers me because I'm a writer first and everything else second. But I have a post that I'm starting called Thank Goodness for Carl Rove. Because honestly, Carl Rove popping up on the, on every few months, he pops back onto the radar. This week, it was about uh, the the injustice that Nancy Pelosi is doing to poor Donald Trump with the unjust and unfair impeachment process. And what, wh- whatever happened to fairness, blue gal, whatever <laughs> happened to justice, <laughs> Carl and, Rove, rat fucker, yeah. Carl Rove wants to well, talk about fairness and, and the, election fairness. And the joy, really, Cause this is about yeah. well, the joy for me of Carl Rove showing back up in the news is that it is a, a helpful and useful reminder that Carl Rove, remember learned his trade at the knee of racist Republican Sith Lord, uh, Lee Atwater. So it, mm-hmm. it, the legacy goes back to the, the late 60s, early 70s, and it goes way, way back. So right. when Carl... And he was a compatriot of Roger he Stone He was a compatriot well. of Stone. He, he yeah. and uh, uh, little George Bush, W. Bush, both learned their trade, their how to be despicable human beings from Lee Atwater. So there's a long and, 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 and deep tradition. And it's very helpful when Carl Rove just pops back onto the radar to remind our never-Trumper uh, friends that no, the Republican Party didn't just suddenly go off the fucking rails three years ago. You people have been shitty and awful yeah. and racist and terrible on purpose. And cheating yes. at and elections. Cheated at elections. They have you have been cheating at elections forever. my entire forever. life. So don't give us this shit that you know you were just a hapless uh naive person who was going along because you'll just love small government and lower taxes and freedom. <laughs> And suddenly, yep. out of nowhere, the Republican Party lost its mind three years ago, and you had to stop supporting Ted Cruz and take up the cause of somehow, some way, getting uh, a, a Republican light elected as a Democrat who would promise not to do anything to change anything that Republicans have done so far. And right. remind you that right. no, no, Karl Rove was your guy. You had a guy in the White House for eight years. His name was George mm-hmm. W. Bush. You mm-hmm. loved him. You worked for him. You worked to get him elected and then reelected. You cheated to get him elected and then reelected. You suppressed the black vote and stole the black votes of Broward you County. You certainly did. And and you eliminated the counting of black votes in Broward County in order to and win the White House. And you got your one competitor, John McCain, out of, of the way. 
by using yep. the sleaziest kind of racist tactics. Racism. And, and yep. this is your tradition. This is not an anomaly. Trump is not an anomaly. He is your party. And it's just helpful every now and then when some of my more, oh, I don't know, credulous liberal friends who just want to snuggle up with those never Trumpers and say, we're all friends now, right, buddies? Right? To warn them, no, you're going to wake up with a missing kidney and a note pinned to your back saying, ha ha, sucker, I, we did it to you again. One of these fine mm -hmm, days. Mm -hmm. And Karl Rove's a great reminder of that because Karl Rove was the brains of the Bush White House. He's not some guy who just flew in from nowhere. He was the right. Bush's brain for eight years or until, mm -hmm. until he got right. sacked. So let's not all pretend that the – let's all not fall into the habit of pretending of going along with the mainstream American political press lie that the Republican Party somehow got – went rotten in one day in 2014 or 15. It's been rotten mm -hmm. for decades. Mm -hmm. the, out of the rotting corpse of that party arose a monster. And there were a bunch of people who warned you that this was going to happen, that the Rove tactics and the Atwater tactics and the Tom DeLay tactics and the George Bush tactics and, and Fox News and Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity, there'd be a terrible price to pay someday. And we thought the worst price you'd ever have to pay was George W. Bush. We were wrong. Right. It got worse because, precisely because, People were let off the fucking hook who should have been punished for supporting George W. Bush. They should have been dragged through the streets, metaphorically. They should have had a spotlight shown on them. Instead, the media collaborated with the Republican Party to pretend George Bush was never president. That Republicans were never Republicans. They were all independents. That no one, no one voted for George Bush. No one supported him. That's crazy talk. And the minute you let these thugs and monsters and racists and imbeciles believe that they can just do any fucking thing they want, kill anything they want, screw up everything they want, shit on liberals all they want, and they get to walk free of charge into the next election and elect a monster, monsters are what you get. So let's not pretend never Trumpers are our friends. Let's not pretend this did, it started in 2015 because it didn't. And there is such an imbalance in that between the parties. Oh, God, yes. Because when a Democrat makes a mistake like that, I mean, ask Gary it's, Hart. Where's Gary it's Hart? It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. It's, it's the end of their public Well, it's experience. the end of the Democratic Party. I mean, Democrats are done yeah. now. Well, Democrats yeah. are toast right. because, you know, John Edwards, <laughs> Democrats are toast now. There's no more future of the Democratic yeah. Party. And the truth of the matter is the Republican Party stays extant, stays coherent because they're propped up by collaborators in the mainstream press mm -hmm. for money. For money. Yeah. And it, it might yeah. be because it's strictly for money. It might be because... The mainstream press's theology, as we have discussed many, many times on the show, simply does not allow for there to be one party that's insane. And the fact that that's simply true now, self-evidently true and visible to any human being with eyes and a brain every day of the week, has killed the, the press's ability to report honestly about anything. Once you decide as a matter of theological truth that you're never going to report that one party lies all the time because somehow that's unfair or unbalanced – the lying party wins all the time. And that's what happened. Well, except that Chuck Todd was naive about that. He was class. very, very naive. Oh, God. See, this is this is why I do have a little bit of hope, Blue Gown. <laughs> I do. Well, we, and I, in our pre-show uh -huh. uh, conversation, I talked to you about yeah. this, that I, I don't want this podcast, this particular episode, to be depressing because I'm depressed at this time of yeah. year. Looking back on this year in particular, uh -huh. Uh, where the Attorney General of the United States 
uh, undercut and undermined on purpose. Sabotaged. An investigation. Sabotaged. Uh-huh. And sabotaged the Mueller investigation. Yes, he did. And the Mueller, in- Mueller results ahead of time. Just sabotaged it. And, uh, you know, we looked forward for two years. We we put our trust in the fact that the Mueller investigation was going to uncover what needed to be mm-hmm. uncovered. And it was sabotaged. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. So, uh, and and I don't see Chuck Todd saying he was naive about no. that because he, they, they are still interviewing the Attorney General of the United States as if he's the Attorney General of the United States instead of the corrupt Attorney and, General and the of the United States. a mob lawyer for a thug named Mob Donald lawyer, yeah. exactly, exactly. So uh, I want you to talk about Chuck Todd and why you're hopeful about it. But I also want to preface that by saying, you know, this, this has been a tough year. It's been a year of uh, setbacks and losses. It's been a year of uh, one step forward, two steps back. And yes, I'm grateful that we impeached the motherfucker yeah, yeah. already, <laughs> that that's done. Uh, you said the highlight, the political highlight, you have a political highlight of the year, I do. right? I absolutely this year? do. And you, you want to announce it to the to the world? Go ahead and you you go ahead and tell people what your well, political it, highlight it, it of the year. It requires a feat of memory that usually only liberals are capable of doing because, you know, we're the only ones who remember, for instance, government shutdowns by Donald Trump. Um, Which was in January of yeah. last year. Guys, last year. Yeah. It wasn't a million years ago. And it was just, and it was the longest shutdown in history, as I recall. And it was over and it was wall just, funding. It was over, it was over an orange thug throwing a tantrum. And again, it's one of those things mm-hmm. that should have ended the career, but the Republican Party is completely corrupt. From top to bottom, side to side, there's nothing left in the Republican Party worth saving at all. So it didn't end his career. Not, nothing's going to end his career because the Republican Party is now a fully engaged fascist organization, just as liberals have been warning for decades. So this was the week when uh, the most important political story. The most important of the political year. story of yes. the year happened January third, two thousand nineteen, when the one hundred sixteenth Congress, the Nancy Pelosi House was sworn in with 40 new democratic seats flipped yeah and a majority a clear majority an overwhelming majority and that my friends is what made all the difference you out there in podcast land and your friends and your colleagues and everyone who knocked doors and everyone who registered voters and everyone who phone banked and everyone who gave five dollars to some you know some long shot democrat somewhere some far away who who actually pulled it out and and won their won their race you guys turned the tide. This country would be over were it not for the 2019 Congress. Oh, yeah. Because it, it would have been – nothing would have been investigated. Donald Trump would be not just – would be openly blackmailing multiple countries to take out his political enemies, yep. maybe off some journalists that he doesn't like while they're traveling overseas. Who knows? He's a, he's a complete monster. Devin Nunes would be yeah. chairman of the House Intel Committee, yeah. feeding him all of the secrets he needed. Yep. We'd be impeaching Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and God knows who all else uh, for sport mm-hmm. because why? There's nothing. There's no point in trying to pass any legislation. We're just going to keep um, hammering liberals and and creating uh, news segments, news bites for Fox News because right. that's all Republicans in Congress do anymore. They create little moments of glory to be repeated on Fox News for the meatheads out there who watch that and think it's news over and over and over right. again. That was the single most important thing that happened in 2019 politically. It was a bad year. Let's not pretend it was not a bad year. It was a bad year for deregulation. It was a bad year for the Affordable Care Act. It was a bad year for judges. It was a bad year for a lot of things. But but for the fact that 
Democrats took the House, it would have been exponentially worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's and that's why I have a little hope because apparently it is possible to stop them or at least slow them down. Yep. Uh, reversing everything that's going to require a whole lot more work, um, but it's possible. It, it demonstrates that such things are possible in this world. I want to talk for a moment about optimism because I'm very right. grateful that there was a tweet from Palmer Report that said, "We will defeat this evil," and I need that pep talk. Uh huh. But I also want to temper my enthusiasm and my uh, optimism because I think optimism often gets in the way of social action. I think you're right. Thinking that everything's going to be okay and we're going to work it out uh, gets in the way of fighting. Mm -hmm. And we've got to fight this year. We have a big, huge fight against a very well-funded liar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't want optimism to get in the way of us fighting this year. So talk to me about Chuck Todd, because Chuck Todd was trending for a really long time yesterday. And as you said, for a good reason. For a good reason. Again, uh, there's a lovely um, article in Press Think by a friend of the pod, Jay Rosen. I can say that now. (laughs) uh, On exactly the subject we were talking about, which makes me feel just sort of glorious that we were part of this sort of um, uh, thing of, of lifting up Chuck Todd for all the right reasons. Uh, Mr. Todd, Chuckles Todd, Shuck Todd, as I refer to him, uh, is having a, a, a apparently a Christmas New Year's special on disinformation. Lord. Uh, and how how bad disinformation is and how hard it is to, to be a journalist person in a disinformation thingy. Uh, and he went and did like a half page interview in Rolling Stone to pimp this thing. And the problem was he had to actually answer questions that he, I don't think he even thought about the consequences of answering them because he, 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 as I mentioned uh, during the Twitter exchange that we had uh, over this on, on the Twitter, uh, this, by the way, Jay Rosen's tweet of his article has been liked 8,000 mm-hmm. times and retweeted 4,000 times, ton. So this, this went everywhere and it stayed everywhere. And this is pressthink.org where yeah. Jay Rosen wrote about Chuck Todd's answer. The, to Rolling Stone. The Christmas Eve Confessions of Chuck Todd. And uh, in, in the entire short article, Chuck Todd uses the word naive to describe his really gross journalistic malpractice over the last three years five times. And never once uses the word lie to talk about the lies that Donald Trump or the GOP talks about ever. He just says, you know, I was so naive. I just didn't realize. I just didn't know. It was it was naive of me. They they lie so much, Blue Gal. I just how was I supposed and and the reaction was kind of astonishment that Chuck Todd is the political director for NBC News, not MSNBC, the little little sister, little brother network, NBC News. He hosts the biggest political talk show in the country. His whole fucking job is politics. His whole claim to fame is, I know what's really going on in politics. And his plea was, I had no idea the Republican Party was full of Republicans until five fucking minutes ago. And he got dragged all day long. Because either you are the most staggeringly incompetent person who has ever been in that chair, and that includes David Gregory, and that's going really? some. Or... You're lying, which is pretty clearly what he's doing. Or, and this is my theory that's based on 15 years of covering bullshit like this, 
the job Chuck Todd was hired to do by Phil Griffin and Andy Lack and Comcast and NBC, who are his employers, is to do the thing he's doing, is to enable Republican lies, is to play the both sides game. That's his fucking job. And since that job is no longer anything but a laughing stock, he has to invent some reason why he never noticed the Republican Party is full of Republicans. The problem with that, as I added to the conversation, was that four years ago, Chuck Todd appeared on a thing called The Moment podcast with Brian Koppelman. And we podcasted about this. It was, it was really, to us, uh, an earth-shaking moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I wrote about it back in 2015, yeah, yeah. mind you. Back, back when, before Chuck Todd, before, the, before any of this. Um, so in 2019, in December of 2019, he was saying he just never realized. He was naive. He yeah. had no idea. No idea. Four years ago, he's on this podcast saying, "Yeah, I know they lie all the time. I know they lie. We know that. We know they're crazy. We know they and lie." And he said it was uh, not his can't. job. Right? It's not my job. You know, our our listeners, our viewers are very savvy. They can figure this stuff out on their own. It's not my job to tell you that Senator Crazy Pants is crazy or that Senator Lie Fuck is a lying fuck. That's your job. My job is basically to sit at the table and ask them questions, and you figure it out. But yeah, we know, you know, behind the scenes, we know they're lying. Of course we know they're lying. So not only is Chuck Todd a terrible fraud, he's a really bad liar because he's already said four years ago that he knew goddamn well that people lied to his face all the time. He just said, yeah, it's not my job to tell you about it. That's just, that's cheating. That's not the game because see, I'm in the entertainment business now. I'm not in the news business. But see, I wonder if that's why... Donald Trump is so successful with these people is because it's all oh, a show. I'm sure it is. And so it is. Uh, presenting himself with a bunch of lies uh, is something that just is part of the process. It's the same process that allows Chuck Todd to think that what he says on a podcast or a Rolling Stone interview doesn't count once he sits in the meet the press right. chair. I, I think you're exactly right about that. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we used to have in Chicago uh, a handful of local entertainers who were clowns, literal clowns on the Bozo Show mm -hmm. or the Ringmaster. And then they would do other things. You know, there'd be um, uh, Fraser Thomas was, was I think, the Ringmaster for for a while on the Bozo Show. But he was also the host of a movie sure. show. And, and he was out of makeup, and while he's right? Doing, and then <laughs> – Right. Now, there's no consequences to it, but, you know, you had this rotating group of, of local celebrities, and you, you still do with Sven Gulli right, and right, son of Sven right. Gulli. But you had people who did multiple roles in the entertainment world, but they were they were shifting from a kiddie show to a, a local movie hosting show. They weren't shifting from um, me being Chuck Todd on print. Mm -hmm in print or on a podcast saying one thing about my profession and then me, Chuck Todd at unmeet the press telling you, you can trust my right. opinion because I'm a political exactly. insider. I know yep. shit saying exactly the opposite and, and just figuring that, well, it's, it, since it's all bullshit and everyone I work for knows it's bullshit and my colleagues are all in on the bullshit. We're never going to call each other out on this because we're all guilty right. of it. All of us are playing the same fucking game. So it doesn't really matter what I say in print or on Twitter or anyplace else because it's all which a show. Is, which it's allows a game, them then of course, taking this to the next level 
to en- to yeah. enable Fox News to say there are great people oh, yeah. at Fox. There are good people. There are some solid news shows on Fox. News people solid. working hard. Solid Everybody's shows. working hard you that know. work that works hard at Fox. It's not just there is the entertainment division, but there are good people on and on. And so and and enabling that as as I have pointed out to you today mm-hmm. enables white nationalism and and racism. And that's that's where that's going. Yeah, you want to want you why don't you 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 sort of unpack that because I think that's a really important insight. Yeah, because I think that's the most important lesson of the year to me was realizing that both siderism, that enabling Fox, saying there are good people at Fox, uh, saying, uh, but the Democrats over and over again. While it doesn't seem connected to uh, white supremacy and racism. What both sides, what saying both sides does is that it, it enables and reinforces white supremacy in America. The, only one side steals black votes. Only one side suppresses African-American votes in this country. Mm-hmm. And if you are saying both sides are equally bad, if you're saying, well, but the Democrats are doing this or oh, the Democrats failed at this or, the, you know, what a, what are the Democrats going too far? Well, I just I just tweeted before we podcast today, June of this year, uh-huh. Chuck Todd asked a person on Meet the Press daily. Yes, are the Democrats investigating too many things? Yeah, you know that's yeah. that's the and now we have hey, hey. Brett Stevens and a whole bunch of other Republican Never Trumpers are being brought on television on our liberal cable news shows to pontificate about what the Democrats should be doing yeah. to beat Trump. Well, and, and to be very specific about enabling racism. Yeah. During the yeah. height of the 2016 election, it mm-hmm. was discovered that the Trump campaign was employing the Southern Avenger, was a, right. employing an right. actual out and proud um, clan loving racist as a campaign person, mm-hmm. a prominent campaign person. And Hillary Clinton's campaign said, look, over there, they're actually hiring out and proud Klansmen to work in their fucking campaign. And Chuck Todd's reaction, I, I know we mentioned this before on, on a previous episode, probably probably even last week, was both sides race to the bottom. And, and that yep. right there is, no, Chuck, one side is actively courting racist Votes the clan and the clan and enabling them, and one side is pointing that out. And if you can't see, if you refuse to see the difference between the two, then either there is something tragically and incurably wrong with your fucking brain, or you were hired specifically to erase the difference between the racists and the people who point out, hey, those people are racist. That's right. your job. And it's your job right down the line. And you've been doing it for three years. And the person you replace, this is where I say, oh, no, this is this is a plan. This is not an accident. The person you replace, David Gregory, was every bit as bad as you are in exactly the same way that you are. So clearly, the people at NBC want a pliant drone like Chuck Todd or like David Gregory in that seat for some goddamn important reason. Because that's a really important seat on a really important television show. And the fact that they keep putting these hacks in charge of them and letting them do horrible shit in the name of journalism 
and then shrugging mm-hmm. their shoulders and then replacing them with an equally awful drone tells me this is corporate policy. Supporting yeah. racism, enabling white supremacy is NBC's corporate policy. Corporate model. And it's important to call them out that way. Uh, and and I think back to Karl Rove and Bush 2000. Yeah. You know, denying a recount of the votes in Broward County specifically, shutting down the recount in Broward, which is a black county. Mm-hmm. And who were the people shouting to, you know, as activists, so to speak, to shout to cut to shut down the recount? Matt Schlapp. Yeah, the... Uh... The, he was one of the Brooks Brothers rioters. The Brooks Brothers Mafia, the Brooks Brothers riots. Who, yeah, were, who, were, who were brought together by Roger Stone. Mm-hmm. Bust in. To manipulate the outcome of the Florida recount. Mm-hmm. So it all goes back to, you know, this didn't start with Trump. This isn't Trumpism. This isn't, this is the Republican Party. And the Republican Party is designed to do two things. Suppress the black vote and enable tax cuts and and uh, deregulation for corporate America. That's it. That's that's it. That's it. That's what they're there to do. Everything else they do is in service of that. And here's yep. the... Pr- Even the judges. The judges are to, as a sop to the evangelical movement and corporations mm-hmm. as well. I mean, these these unqualified judges are going to, to deregulate everything. And that's the great lie of the never-Trumpers, most of them. A couple of them are mm-hmm. fine. Bruce Bartlett... I, I, he and I can have a beer and agree on most everything yeah. from now on. Yeah. But most yeah. of them are uh, will not admit that what Donald Trump is doing, what the what the Trump administration is doing, is the bidding, is what the Republican Party was designed to do. He's just doing right. it in a crass, loud, assholeish way. But as long that that he's riding a machine that they helped build, and they helped build it to do precisely what he's doing with it: destroy regulation. Fuck over people of color and loot the government on behalf of rich people. That's the Republican Mm -hmm. Party's Mm -hmm. only purpose on this earth. And everything else is a means to that end. Calling out welfare queens, yelling about brown people, talking about everything from, you know, Pizzagate to Vince Foster. It's all the purpose of all of that is to empower the Republican Party and the crazies who vote for them to do horrible things on behalf of their paymasters. The problem is the machine ran out of control. The machine yeah. got ahead of its handlers. The machine was not supposed to fall into the hands of Donald Trump. It was supposed to fall into the hands of Ted Cruz or Margot Rubio. Right. And had that happened and everything else happened just the same, these never Trumpers would be loyal Republicans to this day. So the idea that Donald Trump is the problem, no, Donald Trump is the product of your machine yeah. that you built. <laughs> and until you can admit that and admit that you have been, you are the problem. You are the problem. Until... I hear that coming out of a never Trumper's mouth. I will never trust them because they will knife you in the fucking back the first chance they get because that's what they always do. That's what they did after the Iraq war. After it was clearly demonstrated that liberals were right about the right all along after the Bush administration collapsed, everyone, the conservative media, the crazy right-wing media, and the mainstream press all collaborated to make sure that no one was held responsible for anything. Nobody got fired. No, the, the people who were anti-war protesters, we got marginalized. But the people mm-hmm. who were, you know, Bill fucking Crystal still out there today, today, Bill Crystal is out there today um, talking about, 
I swear to God, if I'd fallen asleep 10 years ago and awoken to this, I would assume I would I was I was in hell. I was in some sort of nightmare. Bill Crystal today is tweeting out, if you care about our military's honor and our country's decency, do read this piece about the Navy SEAL who bravely stepped in to tell the truth, blah, 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 blah. Bill Crystal, I swear to God, Bill Crystal needs to keep phrases like our military's honor and our country's decency out of his fucking mouth for the next 50 to 100 years. But since the Iraq war never happened mm-hmm. and the Bush administration never happened, why should he be careful? He can stand up for the Navy SEALs who called out uh, the right. monster who was pardoned right. by Donald Trump and restored to rank by Donald Trump. And he can say with a straight face, I, Bill Crystal, butcher Bill Crystal, bloody Bill Crystal, can say that our military's honor and our country's decency are at stake. And and right. I just I just want to vomit every time I see this asshole on MSNBC or be tre- being treated like a lodge brother, as if nothing ever happened, the past never occurred. Now that brings us to people who can't be fired for some fucking reason, and your friend John Solomon. <laughs> and this is media media matters uh, disinformation of the year, disinformer right. of the year, is John Who's Solomon. Who's John Solomon? And John mm-hmm. Solomon is uh, a right wing guy who Media Matters says is responsible for the acts that got Donald Trump impeached. John Solomon has been for years feeding Russia disinformation through the right-wing media Mm -hmm. machine. That Ukraine's responsible, that uh, Donald Trump was Mm -hmm. spied on, et cetera, et cetera. And all of this right-wing conspiracy theory nonsense that John Solomon has largely been responsible for uh, instigating. Uh, and he is a guy who worked um, for uh, Sinclair. Sure. And then he went to work for The Hill. Yeah, of course. And uh, The Hill <laughs> found out that he was spreading Russia disinformation and uh-huh. let him go. And he went to work for Fox. Although although his Russia disinformation is still being cited by noted internet trolls as proof. Proof. That yep. it was Ukraine all along. It was never Russia. And, it was and Ukraine Trump was spied on by the FBI. Yeah. And yeah. on and on. Yeah, all the all these lies. And but watching the head of Media Matters on Morning Joe yesterday talk about how this guy was responsible for feeding shitting in Donald Trump's skull. That's what happened. Right. right. And uh making Donald Trump believe that this of course, this was a perfect phone call he had with the Ukraine president because mm-hmm. it's all based on the facts of I was spied on and I'm a I'm a real victim here and I'm a victim of Ukraine. And so I need mm-hmm. to hold it over Ukraine to do the right thing. There's nothing wrong with anything I'm doing because I'm the victim of Ukraine. Right. And so so, right. you know, and, and John Solomon through the right wing media ecosphere is the one who taught him that. Yes. So uh, but but. As he was talking and saying, and he worked for this, and he worked for this, and he worked for the Hill, and then he worked for Fox. It's like, has he ever missed a week of having a paycheck from a major news organization? No, no he has of not. not. Of course not. There's uh, a club, Blue Gal. There There's club. a club. And, and the Hill is apparently, invest, quote unquote, investigating his past posts to find out what his source material was sure. for all. Anybody can write for the Hill who has a, a nameplate on the door in D.C., 
they they may investigate and they may actually purge his byline from their site, but that mm-hmm. doesn't make them not complicit with what he no, did. That makes him a martyr of the right. deep state. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Look what the liberals forced the hill to do. <laughs> I was a loyal employee, and the liberals forced them and, to do And now he's my got now he's got work at Fox News to to continue. I, I um, didn't think he had the legs or breasts for it, but apparently he does. So good for him. Jeez. We have not seen Bombshell yet, so... No, uh, no, we have not. I'm looking forward to seeing John Lithgow. Although, play, we play did Roger see Ailes. Knives Out. Yeah. We did see Knives Out. Knives Out is a good movie, yes. I'm not going to say a word about it, because it's a wonderful... Why would anyone give away the end or the twists and turns in a murder mystery? No. I don't know. It is a but, genuine murder mystery, and it's yes, it it's fun to watch, and it's very good. And if I can predict anything about Oscar season... It yeah. certainly deserves a nomination for set design. It, it's amazing. It, oh God, the yeah. Sets yeah. are just remarkable. So I want to live in that house. Oh boy, do I want to live in that <laughs> house. Good. No, that's not true. I want to open up a writer's colony in that house for in our fellow house. writers and bloggers. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, it's it's lined with books and and odd odd knickknacks and very much a what what one character said. You live in a clue board, right? Yeah. It, it's yeah. like clue. <laughs> he does. The, the game does. clue. The library um, and the kitchen and the so forth and so on. Okay. And just it just if you just take it all in, look in the background. Every yeah. little detail, every little thing is just so it's it's wonderful. You oh, yeah. thoroughly hidden enjoy doors it. and hidden covers and yeah, it's it's, rooms, a, it's rooms, a wonderful. There mystery. are archways full of books. Yeah. I would like, oh God, this would be Wouldn't great. Wouldn't you like to be there and write all day? Sure. Now sure. now it's about a mystery writer. Now speaking of great writers, Blue Gal. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a friend who collects the greatest writers of the year in honor of John Swift, who passed away many years ago, who's a, a fine and noble blogger. You want to talk a little bit about Batocchio's? Yeah, uh, Batocchio has up at his blog, which is Vagabond Scholar, mm-hmm. uh, the John Swift Memorial Roundup of the best posts, best blog posts of the year, mm-hmm. chosen by the bloggers themselves. He does this every year. It's a it absolute. I mean, we talk about this podcast being a labor of love. Batocchio doing this every year is a labor of love for it's, sure. Yeah. Cause you know and, what? The the easiest job in the world is getting a whole bunch of liberal bloggers to do something on deadline. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he has to ask Just, us three or four times. Like, it's so I'm sorry, sad. Dude. I'm so sorry. And we're like, we're friends and we like him and we support what he does. And it's just like, oh, God damn, you're right. Oh, I'm I have so to sorry. go and so find sorry. the best post of the year that yeah. I did. Yes. Okay. I'll yeah. do that. And, you know, I hardly write at my own blog anymore. So he was kind enough to include a post that I did at Crooks and Liars mm-hmm. as sort of a bonus. And uh, we put our, I put our podcast with Jay Rosen as our best show of the year. I don't know yeah. if that's actually true, but as far as it, memorable ones that got a lot of mileage, uh, from it went it went places that our, our our podcast usually doesn't go yeah, uh, yeah. And, and part of that was was our guest was really good james was very good yeah. and part of it was just timing i mean yeah, we, this is something right. we've talked about for a million years yep. or 10 years to be more exact and yet this last month has just been the perfect time to have been in on the ground floor of hey both siderism really sucks yep. and has anyone noticed how the media is broken and and, and doesn't work anymore and how awful it is yeah. And uh, if you if you can say, first of all, as we know, blogging has been dead for years. So I don't know why the coach is doing this. People keep telling me blogging is dead. I keep doing it. So, you know, but there, there you go. are some great posts, not just from you, but from lots of other bloggers. Oh, no, it's at, wonderful. At uh, the John Swift Memorial Roundup in 2019. I was shocked. I thought, oh, wow, this is really great. And I want to add all these people to my blog role. And uh, I posted at Crooks and Liars about it. I found a 12 year old YouTube 
of how to add blogs to your blog role. And it's hilarious. <laughs> I put that up at Crooks and Liars. I go there every year to find great writers, great writing and great yeah, writers. Right. And I'm never disappointed. It's and And the whole point of this in the dim and distant memory was that we as liberal bloggers can expect no support whatsoever from the mainstream press or the television networks or the major newspapers. They hate us. Mm-hmm. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're the bad guys. We keep, yep. we keep pointing out how wrong they are and they keep saying, shut up. Well, and then we're, we're, five Vinny, or ten... we're Vinny in a walk up, right? Yeah. In our pajamas. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're a bunch of Cheeto stained bloggers in our underwear um, yeah. as to quote, uh, Joe Scarborough, who have archives, <laughs> who can have go video back. Video archives of them saying stuff. So right. we can go back five, six, seven, ten, fifteen years yeah. and pull shit up and say, "No, no, my friends." This is why we say memory is the liberal superpower. It is. So yeah. the whole idea behind um, the John Swift uh, Memorial Roundup is these smaller blogs, the ones that aren't ginormous and mm-hmm. have a million, you know, hits a day are full of jewels and gems and great writing and, and and interesting stuff that you don't get anywhere else. And to round them up once a year and present them as a gift to the blogosphere, a gift to the world, is just an incredibly generous thing for Batocchio to do. And we really do appreciate him for doing it. We did not yet get to uh, my observation that the coastal media sends reporters to the Midwest for the same pre- reason people take their kids to petting zoos. Yeah, but it's <laughs> and true. It really is the funny Trump voter in their natural habitat yes. because we can talk to liberals across the desk at our office. Right. You know, that's why You're not referring NBC to us. doesn't send right. uh, people out to the Midwest to talk to rational Democrats. The New <laughs> so York Times. No You're not talking yeah. about because uh, we don't have yeah. desks that we talk across from. You're talking about the New York Times or the Washington right. Post. Right. They dispatch people safari like to the Midwest right. to talk exactly. to. And. The thing is, to as talk you to pointed Trump out, voters and they treat don't them talk like petting zoo animals. Absolutely. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Look, oh, they're flinging poo. Shh, shh. Be very quiet. <laughs> this is something they do every now and then. They're tuning into something called Fox News. Watch it, Jim. They're... That was a close one. That was a close one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It is mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom it all is. day long. <laughs> and, 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 and there's, and, and I'm sorry. And the New York Times editorial staff is sitting back in the tent. Sipping a mai yep. tai while Jim's out in the <laughs> out in the Midwest, you know, looking for Trump voters. Yeah. And the, the but the important point being that they never talk to liberals. They never yeah. talk to Democrats. They are not yeah. interested in anything we have to say. They have to drive past our house to get to the diner where they talk to the Trump That's voters. Right. That's right. And it is uh, at this point beyond frustrating and just amusing that they don't even acknowledge that there is a culture in the Midwest that is liberal and democratic and working class and has a lot of interesting things to say and has been right about a lot of things for a really long time. They don't want to talk to those people because those people make them feel stupid. Like, well, you're living in, you're living in Manhattan, paying God knows what for rent, living in a shitty little apartment and working for people who are running you ragged. And here we are just a couple of crazy kids in a cornfield who've been more right than most of your op-ed writers on a pound for pound basis for decades. How mm-hmm. does that make you feel? I mean, yeah. we don't we don't pay Manhattan rent here, but we can see what we see and we, we can don't interpret have Manhattan what we interpret. salary either. No, that's also true. <laughs> but we, we the problem with bloggers, especially like us, is that we demystify the process of figuring out politics. Yeah. It yep. doesn't require 
special insider, Chuck Todd David Brooks' only knowledge, you know, going in and getting the whispers from the inside yep. of the con. No, yep. you observe what you observe. You see what people do. You, you map it over time and you draw conclusions. Oh, these people are assholes who lie all the time. And 10, 12 or years this later. Is about, this is about white nationalism. Exactly. This is about white supremacy and making sure white people maintain control over and the nation's direction in spite of being a racial minority. And that's yep. why they lie all the time. It is yep. very important that we don't acknowledge that our party is based on white supremacy and white nationalism and racism and fascism. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. really important that that not get out into the general public until, well, now it's out. Now it's out and it's pretty clear what the Republican Party is and always has been. And now we have to lie about how, when that happened and who knew and why it's a surprise and why I was certainly never involved in that. And we, again, liberal bloggers, are incredibly inconvenient to that next big lie because right. we were we were there the whole time. We saw what you did. We saw what you did with the lights out. We know what you said. It's on tape. It's on video. It's on our blogs. And that's why we're not allowed into the conversation because we tend to steer it in a direction of, no, Chuck, four years ago, you told us you knew they were lying to you. Today, you're telling us you had no fucking idea. Which one is it? And that's why we're not allowed within a, a mile of a microphone on Meet the Press. You also mentioned in our notes about uh, Christianity Today, which we did yes. not get, get a chance to talk about. We, um, we mentioned it last week. but Yes, we it, did. It was... and, and there is now also a Christian Post, which is another Christian magazine where the editor has resigned uh, mm -hmm. because he cannot no longer go along with a religion, a religious cult, so to speak, that mm -hmm. uh, endorses Donald Trump. Right. And um, I just have been doing a little bit of Bible study in preparation for a longer Bible study that I'm going to do in 2020 as mm -hmm. one of my New Year's projects. And uh, looking at Paul and Thessalonians and how uh, how much he kind of shat on, if I can say that, about the Bible, uh, the Pharisees and their insistence on uh being good jews i particularly thought right. about this in terms of rudy right. giuliani saying he was a better jew than george soros holocaust yeah. survivor yeah but uh you know there was a theological argument in the early christian church with paul that in order to be a good christian in order to be a true follower of jesus you had to be a jew yes you, couldn't, you know gentiles couldn't come into the church and Paul makes the statement in Thessalonians. We're doing a Bible bitch right now, by the way. Oh, my. Suddenly, <laughs> it's Bible bitch. I right. love Bible bitch. So, please. Bible bitch. That's not scriptural. Paul says, I am a Hebrew's Hebrew. I am of the tribe of Benjamin. I can trace my lineage back, you know, all the way back. To Adam. And yeah, to what uh, to whatever, but I mm -hmm. I have the pedigree, and mm -hmm. I throw that all out. I flush mm -hmm. it. It is it is in the negative column for me because it absolutely does not matter. And I I've been thinking about that this week because that was part of my study, and thinking about how often conservatives, what whether they're the Pharisees or whether they're we're looking at conservatives today, insist on some sort of pedigree uh, to. Uh, as, as a reinforcement of their power. Right. right. And uh, 
the Christianity Today kerfuffle that is is really forcing the evangelical movement to circle the wagons around Donald Trump even more so, mm-hmm. uh, insists on a white pedigree. Yes. You know, that this is the true, the one true president. <laughs> we have, we have uh, John, what's his name, who said Trump was basically God today on his Oh, yeah, his John Voight. John, John Voight, you know. Mickey. Mickey. Basically Mickey. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh he's very good in that role. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. He's very good as a thoroughly evil person. Yeah. Uh yeah. The, this this idea of a pedigree that w- you have to have a pedigree in order to have power. It didn't start with Donald Trump and didn't start <laughs> with Christianity today. It didn't no. start with uh evangelicals circling the wagons. But boy, when you think about the number of Christian churches who have uh long before Trump merged american nationalism with christianity and calling it patriotism but it's really nationalism um they're making the same mistake the pharisees did and it's it's not anything new well and i just i just want to sort of bring it full circle and point out that yeah the the most punchable idiots on shows like morning joe uh-huh. Are all there because they have pedigree? Noah Rothman, you oh, know, yeah. humility right, up. Right. What what does he have going for? Him? Well, he's he's a big wig at Commentary Magazine, so he has a brick and mortar thing. He has a uh, he has a nameplate. He has a title. Um, uh, Bill Crystal has a title. Uh, putting the worst people on uh, Hugh Hewitt has a title. It, it well, is, and if they lose their title and they lose it all, they go and create one right, and have invent, funding for it. So the I'm bulwark, a, right. With Charlie Sykes is just invented out of whole cloth and people accept it as right. an actual thing. But yeah. you got to have something under your name on mm-hmm. Meet the Press other than uh, shitty liberal blogger. You know? <laughs> um, because nobody wants to listen to it. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do. And so you have to have a book or you have to have some kind of accepted pedigree that is acknowledged by the corporate media as valid uh, to come on. It doesn't mean you're going to get there you still have to pay a publicist and you still have to sort of bribe your way on the show and you still have to be friends with people who put you on the air so there's a whole other set of hurdles but the reason you don't see liberal bloggers anywhere near these programs is because we're the people who tell those people they're wrong in ways they're not prepared to handle and we've been doing it for a long time and we have titles we can make up titles but we don't live in dc or new york or la we don't have titles and we don't attend parties with these folks and that's really the stark difference. We're not part of their crew. Well, and we're serious about it. I mean, I think comedi- comedians get away with this because you're allowed to be a court jester mm-hmm. and say that and be on television and say that. Uh, but you're not allowed to do it in a serious way that points out the, the mistakes. Yeah. All right. Let's round up the news, shall we? If you don't mind if I start. Please. Trump retweeted an article that contained the name of the alleged whistleblower at the center of Trump's impeachment. Trump used his personal account to retweet his re-election account, the Trump War Room, which, by the way, is quite an account. Yeah, uh, they're the Jesus. they're the ones that made Trump Thanos. That retweeted yeah. that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, posted a link to the Washington Examiner story from December third that names the alleged whistleblower in the headline. Several people close to Trump, including Ivanka and White House Counsel Pat Cipollone. Am I saying that right? I think that's right. Uh, caution Trump against saying or posting the name in public. Yeah. But fuck it. I'm going to do it because what are you going to do? It's against the law. What yeah. are you going to do? Huh? Huh? 
As to quote Al Capone from The Untouchables, you know nothing but a lot of talk and a badge, right? Mm-hmm. Of, and I'm invincible. You can't do anything to yep. me, so why would I ever follow anybody's rules? Uh, Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski has raised her existential threat level to disturbed. Now, who knows? She might become <laughs> alarmed one day and then troubled. And then who knows what's going to happen? The House Judiciary Committee said they could draft and recommend new articles impeachment against Trump if new evidence is revealed by former White House counsel Don McGahn. Yeah, we can impeach you as many times as you stand up and say, please impeach me. Um, mm-hmm. 41% of Germans believe that Donald Trump is more of a threat to world peace than Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin, Chinese China's uh, Xi Jinping, or Iran's Ayatollah al-Khamenei, which is staggering to me but you know we're the biggest boy on the block and now we and we have all the nukes and we elected a white racist lunatic who who despises nato loves dictators and once thinks he's above the law i think he's above the law i'd be terrified too i am terrified what am i what am i talking about the ex-ceo of boeing is going to get 200 times more money in severance than families of the crash victims of the boeing airplane yeah. The now former Boeing CEO will be walking away with a multi-million dollar deal while the families of the victims in Boeing air crashes will receive less than $150,000 each. How are you liking capitalism now? Yeah. Um, according to newly released emails, a White House budget official told the Defense Department to, quote, hold off on sending military aid to Ukraine less than two hours after Donald Trump's infamous July 25th phone call with Ukraine President Zelensky. U.S. military and intelligence officials are concerned that North Korea is poised to test an intercontinental ballistic missile capable of reaching American shores in the next few days or weeks. Satellite photos indicate that North Korea has expanded a factory linked to the production of long-range nuclear missiles. Yeah, for all of his hugging and hand-holding and hand-jobbing and slobbering all over Kim jong Uh, He got nothing. Donald Trump got nothing in return, except them just laughing at him and going ahead and doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do in the first place. Um, As of right now, 52% of voters approve of the House's vote to impeach Donald Trump, which is amazing. And there's another poll yesterday that said 55% want him removed. It's really The the story in the press is still that he's indestructible. And Democrats should be really and, cautious. But the Democrats, why yeah. are the Democrats oh. pushing so hard? Yes, right. Mm-hmm. During a speech to a group of young fascist supporters, Donald Trump complained that windmills are very expensive and kill many bald eagles. I've never understood wind. Trump told the mob of young idiots. You wrote this. Trump. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Claiming that the manufacturing process leads to gases spewing into the atmosphere. You know, we have a world, right? So the world is tiny compared to the universe. Fumes are spewing into the air. Is this like the toilet flushing 15 times? Is that what I, it's is? the sound of Adderall hitting the brain pan of a demented yeah. old man. Yeah. 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 So it's going into the air. It's our air, their air, everything, right? Yeah. Have you, right? Ever, really, have you ever really looked at your hand, Blue Gal? I mean, really? <laughs> uh, and in local news, I want to talk about local news just for a half second. Uh, in our local dying gatehouse media newspaper, gave half of its op-ed page to an oil and gas lobbyist who explained how drilling for more oil in Illinois could help the state budget. Because, man, when you sell crack, you've got to always be closing. Whatever your problem is, drilling for more fucking oil will solve it. 
it will solve it. And mm-hmm. this was blatantly an oil or gas lobbyist. Lobbyist, yeah. Yep. Although he works for a nonprofit, Drift Glass. Yeah, an oil, he works for an, a, 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 an oil and gas extraction think tank, Blue Gal, which, <laughs> you know, we got to get in on some of that money. I oh, swear. If we're ever going to live in the Knives Out house, we got to get some of that cash. That's uh-huh. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitty is Sheba. Sheba is a very smart kitty. She swats violently at the television each time Congressman Jim Jordan appears on the screen. Oh, good kitty. We, we, we love, love that. that. Good yeah. For, oh, man. Oh, man. Way to go. And of course, Sheba demands freshly poured cat food, our yeah. fake sponsor. Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store direct, your pet will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh my lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit Sheba the Smart Kitty at our Facebook page or website. And you can send your internet kitty or other pet to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com. I promise we have some non-kitty pets coming up. We do, we uh, do. So mm-hmm. feel free to send us whatever you got. And don't forget, you can also write to both of us at proleftpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions. Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. And we got a couple of Christmas cards this week, and we're very grateful to hear from you and have your Christmas cards. Yes. And one of them said, thank you for always being there. And you are welcome. We are always here every week. Mm -hmm. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job and a labor of love. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. See our website, proleftpod.com, for details. Our PayPal, postal address information, buy us a coffee, GoFundMe, all of it is there at proleftpod.com. Please share our show on social media, and thank you for doing that. Hey, Driftglass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties just want to wish everyone a splendid New Year's and a delightful 2020. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2019-2020. DGBG Productions.